0: Welcome to What's the Revolution, a place for men and the people who love them, where we discuss how men can find, understand, and embrace the healthiest versions of themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corporell. I grew up in the infancy of hip-hop. My tape deck was, as a young boy was filled with Run DMC, Curtis Blow, LL Cool J, Grandmaster Flash, Eric B. and Rakim, De La Soul, Public Enemy, and yes, (laughs) UTFO, Roxanne, Roxanne, to this day, my 18th birthday will always be known as Potholes in My Lawn, so y'all know nothing about that, you know, De La Soul, shout out to my girl, Balika Studivant, Gatlin, I even attempted to foray into the rap game at one point, (laughs) but quickly I realized that the the literary skills and poetic cadence I needed to be good, just was not there. Yet still, as we noted earlier, the lyricist of my time spoke to me. I played Nas's If I Ruled The World A Thousand Times. His words were prophetic, as he spoke of a different world for men of color. P. E's Fight The Power was my theme music going to school each morning in college. It prepared me for the day, kept my anger in place, but it also made it ready to be unleashed at a moment's notice. It would seem that Nas's and Public enemies genre of hip-hop has been lost to its its futile disciples. You saw the BET Awards, didn't you? The question that weighs heavily on my mind is that with all the talent possessed by our young men and women, can they use this platform to inspire us all to be the best versions of ourselves? Today on the What's Your Revolution show, I have my special guest, Kevin Twocent Griffin, founder, resident, native of New Orleans, and founding member and president of Twocent Entertainment, and the founder and CEO of No Pass, New Orleans Performing Arts Society, Cedric Scott. What's up, brothers? How you doing? I'm here. Up, up? <laughs> oh, in the place. I want to give a shout out to my man, Jazzo, on the wheels. Of- on the wheels of steels, man. What's up, Jazz? How you feel? All right. All right. Make sure my man Jazz hollers
1: at, a, hollers at us today. I don't know why, why not, I can't talk. It's not, it's not Jay-Z's jazz though, huh? Yeah. Nah, it's man. He is my jazz He is my Jazz-O. <laughs> <laughs> is my jazz-o. Uh, I
0: apologize, man. I've been traveling, man. I've been on the road the You're last the road. Uh, last 12 days, man. Went home to see see my family. Got to spend Father's Day uh, with that revolutionary man, Charles Corporal Jr. So we had a great time, man. Um so the the first question we always ask our guests and I'm gonna we'll go with what you said, what's your revolution?
1: <clears throat> man, my revolution, man, to be honest, is to wake up every day, dream, and figure out a way to go fulfill it. Mm. Wake up every day and dream. Yeah, you're not dreaming day. when you're sleeping. You're going to dream when you're awake. I don't want to dream asleep. I got you. I want to dream awake.
0: I got you. So what's some, what's one of the dreams that you're having, brother, that you're fulfilling?
1: You know, creating a world-class performing arts institution for young men. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a, a singer, dancer back in the day.
0: He still got his new edition body
2: still, going on. Still, still
1: got that, you know, <laughs> heartbreak. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, I did see the awards. Yeah, exactly. Awesome tribute. Shout right. out to them. Um, But, you know, I grew up as a background singer for Raymond Miles, one of the best gospel artists the city has ever seen, really, the world. And one day we had a show with the Harlem Boys Choir. What? (sighs) Come on, man. Life-changing. Life-changing. And so, you know, here in the city with so much talent, Mm -hmm. so much opportunity, I think we we have the obligation to figure out a way to help the next generation of young men to change their lives.
0: Change their lives. That's, that's the revolution right there. Absolutely. brother. Let me, just a short story, I'm going to go back to Kevin in one second. I remember the first time I got to see the Harlem Boys' Choir, uh, my homegirl, Patrice Jenkins, <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, we were dating at the time. We were in um, middle school, <laughs> ninth grade, man. And they were so amazing. I mean, just to see these young men um, bring their talents to Norfolk State University at the time, and we had a good time just sitting back kicking you know, hanging out, you know, on a date, going to see the Harlem Boys, boys Choir, and like you said, I mean, you get to see young men, and I wonder what those boys, you know, those men now, because this was 1985. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that was twenty what twenty two years ago. Mm-hmm. So interesting to see how the influence of being a part of the uh, Harlem Boys Choir has had on those young men, those men now. Yeah. You know, it would be interesting to see. So, Kev, we're gonna move to you, brother. Yeah.
2: What's your revolution? Uh, my revolution is to make sure young people, um, especially young people of color, uh, have an existence in this life past 25 and past all of the scrutiny and foolishness, um, that's out there in front of them. So I've been, uh, I've been working with youth, uh, since 1999. Uh, I was a youth myself. I was green to say, (laughs) you only 32. yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what, that's what I've been doing, um. Since 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 my release, I've, that's all I've been doing, man.
0: Right. It seems like all of us here at the table today are passionate about our young boys of color, uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and and young men in general, and and bringing them the best opportunities to succeed in their life. And that's that should be to me everybody's revolution because we've got to be able to pass down. You know, we've got to be able to lift as we climb, and that's yeah. our job. And not many of us actually, I I, I can't say that. There aren't a lot of us outside of New Orleans because that seems to be the cadre of people in New Orleans because we are trying to help the Young Brothers here in our fair city
1: yeah. to
0: do well. We're struggling, though. Right. We, we yeah. are struggling because the crime weight and the, the gun violence in the city over the last month or two has been tremendous. Yeah. You know, and, and it's good to see organizations like Two Cents Organization and SEDS Organization that are trying to give brothers a way out Absolutely. because too often, as, as we're going to see – is that young men will go look for
3: images,
4: Yeah.
0: right? And oftentimes those images are on TV, yeah. right? And those images are hip-hop stars, hip-hop artists, love and hip-hop in Atlanta or L.A. or, you know, wherever, wherever. <laughs> where, <laughs> wherever it's going to be. And so I think it is our job to think that we have to be able to give back to our generation. As the uh, great founder of the Silverback Society says, you know, we have to be able to see men... Going to work every day, doing something productive. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to my girl, Rachel. <laughs> she said she texted me. I wasn't even going. To, I wasn't even going to call her out. She was late I, today. I I no, will, no. Uh, uh-uh. the show does not All go on. Life. You know, we can get started now. Yeah, because I know I got eight minutes till the break. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so brothers, I, I, as always, I want you know we've got a little bit of your story, but Kev. I, the world needs to hear cuz this is not just the the Louisiana audience it's not the yeah. New Orleans audience you know i've got people in Ghana and guatemala and ireland listening to the show now the so yeah international you know what i'm saying yes. so tell us a little bit about your story bro cuz um, I, I, it's a, it's a fascinating story who is cav uh, 2 cent griffin
2: uh i ain't nobody <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm i'm i'm, I'm Deborah's son uh i'm i'm Ari's husband i'm Jiraiya and jules dad mm. uh and uh, nameless baby on the way. Mm. Uh, what? You got, a baby, yeah, yeah, got a baby on the way. Congratulations, congratulations, man. congratulations. Uh, I think yesterday made 14 weeks. What? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Doing your thing, man. Yeah.
2: yeah, I'm yeah, nice. yeah. yeah. So, so, but yeah, um, growing up here in New Orleans, um, actually not too far here from the station. I grew up in the Saint Bernard Projects, uh, Columbia Park now. Uh, Pastor Tom Watson would call it the same Bernard condominium. <laughs> <laughs> I love Pastor Watson, man. Right. And, uh, the Saint Bernard condominium.
0: Saint-Bernard That's what condominium. it's called now. No, no. Oh,
2: no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's Columbia Park now. But wow. uh yeah, man, just I, I grew up like like most most kids who grew up in in that uh area and in that field, but uh I had I had a brush in with the law kinda early at ten years old. Mm. Uh I was sentenced to uh originally I was sentenced to twenty one years. What? Uh, at ten years old, Judge Large Lego <laughs> put that gavel down and sent me to uh twenty one years. It was later overturned oh, um because it was unconstitutional. Right. Um um one of the, I, I, I I never forget him out of this story when I tell it. Uh at the time, Arthur Morrell, he's the uh clerk of course now, but we at the at the time he was a state rep for the area. And um uh, he was he's also a lawyer and so he took my case uh pro bono um and got the judge to break that sentence down to five years Mm -hmm. um and you know i was actually just defending myself but got a raw deal in court and um five years later i came out um a little bit angry with the world i can understand Um, man
0: i can definitely understand
2: but um luckily i had christ in me prior to going in Mm -hmm. and coming out so it was a little different for me um some 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 people wrapped their arms around me and made sure especially uh black men um A man by the name of uh, Troy Moore and Tony Moore, his wife, and uh, my mentor, Sean Varner, though.
0: Okay. All right. um,
2: They kind of took a hold of me, my pastor, Bishop Dallas Brewster, and just kind of wouldn't let me go. And um, that's kind of, you know... Without without going too deep into it, just kind of what you see the young man you see today, right?
0: Who, who's um, doing big things, man? Yeah,
2: we, we're doing some good stuff. Uh, so Can I ask
0: one question? Though? So. Uh, we had my man Patrick Young on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he told his story. Yeah, uh, that's my guy. Yeah, he told his story of of being incarcerated. For you as a young man, because he went in as a as an adult, as an adult. Yeah. but as a ten year old man, you know, what's that like?
2: Um, I just gave I just told a story yesterday. Um it's 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 hurtful you know you 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 live your life you're living your life as a kid and it's it's interesting because i have an eight-year-old son now and so it's, mm. it's interesting to see how he interacts and plays and i kind of remember back to how i was and I, I have some uh little cousins who are like 10 years old and stuff now too so i see them right. and kind of in the in innocence um but it was it was definitely one of the hardest things I think I've ever been through in my life to be ripped away from my family, um, because we were a, a real real close knit family. I'm also my mom's baby boy, so that's a that was a, another part of it too. Me and my mom did a lot together um, with me growing up, and so just to, to to be ripped away from that was 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 devastating. It's
0: ten years old. I mean, you think about the formative years. Yeah. You know, ten, eleven, twelve. You come out. So you were fifteen when you come yeah. out. Yeah. You know, so. But like you said, you had Christ in your life. Yeah, and that's that, and uh, Patrick talks about that that, that the, the immersion of the Spirit in you. Yeah, you know, because you you think about where you are, you h- you could have gone another direction.
2: Oh, definitely. I, ca- I came out ready to go in that direction. Right. Because it wasn't my thing prior to now. I had seen it, and my family members were those guys, you know, drug dealers and 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 all that types of craziness. But it wasn't in me. But that throwing me into that system made me hate the system like when i came home like i just started having real respect for the police probably a few years ago like
0: oh wow. four or five right, years ago right.
2: like just understanding you know and just and talking with a lot of you know i have like probably it might be a little bit more but like close friends about five or six are actually police officers
3: right, right. who
2: i talk to on a weekly basis and hearing it from them and talking to them and you, you couldn't have told me 15 years ago I would have police officers and my, friend. my friends. No. Not <laughs> like who can come to my house at any time, you know?
0: So. Right. Said, thank you, brother. No, I appreciate the story.
2: Got it,
1: man. Said, yes, a little sir. bit, man. Who is Said Scott? Man, Manola, dude. <laughs> you know? Uh, He's born, so cool. Born and raised, man. Born and raised. Uh, grew up in Treme. Um,. You are giving, giving, giving my listeners
0: a, a geography lesson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. grew up in Tremay,
1: one block from Bell. Okay, uh, but I didn't go to Bell. You know, I I didn't grow with my my dad. I grew up with my mom, my sister, and my grandmother. Wow. And you know that's why you're so
3: compassionate, huh? Yeah, right. man.
1: Thinking about where I'm at right now, I have my wife, two daughters, and a female dog.
2: And so <laughs> all you know, women that run your life. Cool.
1: It's been all right. women. And so you know, growing up, you know, I didn't have. Certain things like most people had, like friends had, particularly a dad, you know. And so my outlet became art, right? Like creativity, dancing, singing. Um, I love sports, I was good at them, but it was the art that you know. When I hit the stage as a dancer, man, that's what changed my life. Man,
0: is there some video somewhere so we? Man, <laughs> so yeah, I can put that yeah. on my uh, Twitter page. Yeah, there's, there's there's
1: there's some there's some nuggets. You out send there. that to me. You yeah, yeah, there's some there's some definite nuggets. But the thing about it is, I always I continue to search. Just like I said early on, you know, I I wake up every day as a dreamer. Right. And when I think about all the things that I've always wanted in life, as you know, from an aspirational aspect one of the things was fatherhood and not because you know i was just like i need to be a daddy it was because i needed to i needed to become what i didn't have right right and so you know my kids are like that's that's the thing and so when i think about the work that i try to do with young people Mm -hmm. young men i know that i'm not the only one right right Right, I and you're
0: providing that, yeah, that, and, that outlet.
1: And so I know that there's an opportunity. Every, there's kids all the time. They aspire to be, you know, LeBron, KD, Jay. You know, who's dropping a new joint tomorrow. Can't Man, I wait. can't. I cannot um, wait. I, I <laughs> but, can't wait. But at the end of the day, there's a there's a there's a large mass of young people that's being overlooked because they're not on the court, right? Or they're not on the field.
0: And that's one. That, that's the great thing about New Orleans is you think about the ability to. Be a part of the arts. Yeah, you know, you listen to WBOK twelve thirty a.m. This is the What's Your Revolution show. I am the host, Dr. Charles Corproof, sitting here with Kev, Two Cent Griffin mm-hmm. and Sad Scott. Brothers, let's get into this conversation for a minute. I appreciate your stories. You know, we grew up with hip hop. Like, like I said, I mean hip hop. Like Run DMC, raising hell. I was <laughs> I'm just, <about> to, <laughs> I'm just about to, you know, what yeah. what I'm saying <laughs> LL Cool J, rock the, rock, rock the bells. The bells. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Rap and hip-hop, and I've been trying to, to diagnose the the difference, or if there is a difference, you know, soothes my soul. It, You know, I can play a certain song, it gets me up, yep. right? But you remember back in the day, I, I, I need love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rap ballad. Mm-hmm. Um. So hip-hop. The first Drake. The first oh, Yeah. Man, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So hip-hop has been a part of my development you know, like Prince and Michael. But it was it was hip-hop, and, and, and seeing it from its infancy now into um, its monster. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but what has hip-hop been for
1: you throughout your life? Whew. Um, hip-hop, man, is, as, you know, like I said, I grew up, you know, as a singer. I was an R&B guy. Um, and I also backed up Raymond Miles for several years, but hip hop was the soul.
0: Mm.
1: Hip hop was the soul of what I was. Like I love to, you know, vocalize things. I love to dance. But at the end of the day, you know, like I said, I grew up down the street from Bell. I can remember a guy being across the street saying, "Man, give me your lunch money." Like from across the street, dude, <laughs> like how you, like in hindsight, I'm thinking about that. Like how you asking me from across it was the jazz. Street?
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that was the culture, and, it was, and so when you think about. The aspiration and the lyrics mm-hmm. that they're talking about, whether the delivery is garbage or not, they're basically saying, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get away from what I have right, right now.
0: Right. And to tell the story. And to tell a story. And tell a story. And, and to tell a story in a manner that had never been told yeah. in such a way, yeah. in such a fashion. It was like, Whoa, wait, wait. And music is, in essence, just a story, but we perfect a different cadence. The, the tune is different. But we're all telling stories, and hip-hop was... Really, the story of black masculinity, yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
0: coming as you said, and yep. and this genre came out that it is now a depiction of what it was like to be black and a male throughout this period of time. Yep. And we still, well, we're trying to tell that story, maybe, but we'll get to that. What, <laughs> Kev, what was hip hop for you, and what, what, um, is, what does it still do for you?
2: Growing up for me, hip hop was the family business, uh, hip hop. I grew up in, in, in hip-hop, uh, like I was t- telling Charles charles earlier, uh, Manny Fresh, DJ Manny Fresh, a lot of people know as my uncle. Um, and so I grew up in a very interesting um, time and a very interesting place where um, I grew up on the Run-DMC's and B and Rakim's and, 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 and Tretch and Naughty by Nature, but I also grew up in the Bling era, you know, so... It was it was an interesting like swing for me on both ends um, so like I said it was, it was it was always a great thing for me hip-hop was always it was, it was always great coming up and you say what it what does it do for me now still kinda, it still kind of it motivates me um, on on different levels um, there is a difference between rap and hip-hop
0: Tell me, because before I did the show, because I didn't want to be like, I I didn't want to be that dude, right? Because, you know, I I was like, I I think I grew up in the rap era, and now it's hip-hop, or was it, did I grow up in the hip-hop era, and now it's rap, what?
2: No, I think you grew up, so hip-hop started it all, like, so hip-hop is Mm -hmm. the parent, and then rap came out of it.
0: Okay, right, there we go. Because
2: it was hip-hop and rhyming, and then, like, rap, like, came into fruition later like with with gangsta and bling and stuff Mm -hmm. like this it was a little different um but yeah like i I grew up in a little bit of both of them so i grew up towards the not the end but i grew up towards the like the the elder statesman of of hip-hop and then the like early early rap rap. early rap Mm. yeah
0: yeah yeah, it's, it's a very interesting period that post hip hop. If 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 we're there into, I
2: don't think we'll ever be in post hip hop with, with people like J Cole and people like. Okay, there we
0: go. Like, there like, we go. You'll,
2: you'll never be post hip hop. There'll always be
0: someone who someone goes back who to the grassroots
2: and, and holds the torch right. for that. You know, and even when you say go back, I, I, it never left. So mm. there'll be someone that'll always hold the mantle, right? You know, for that. But I don't think it's a situation of going like going back, like you have to like earth it or something. Right, like
0: that. right. It, it, there is an evolution. Yeah, yeah. There is definitely evolution. And I do know when I hear good. Yeah. You know, like I've been I've been asking, I, I've been asking for good, mm-hmm. you know, good. So somebody, and I know I'm late to the game. You know, uh, Naya Webber is gonna say, yeah, you are late to the game, but logic. This cat mm. lot, this cat mm-hmm. logic. I mean, mm-hmm. really, I'm like, I'm feeling him. Like, okay, this is this is taking me back to what I want to hear instead of Panda thirty thousand times. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> that, that's what I want to hear. So, as we talk about going back a little bit, what was the first hip hop song that really made you feel like, yeah, okay, I, I'm 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 in this. I'm I'm with this. Man. Man. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow.
3: I got a letter from the government.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got a letter from the government. Go ahead, Jazz. <laughs>
3: ready, Public enemy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Public enemy. See, Jazz, yeah. you, you dating yourself, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me, it was jam on it. You remember that? Uh, yeah. yeah. I re- look, I, look, my mom, yeah. tell a little story, man. My mom was in a social club. That's you fresh know. out the disco. Yeah. When hip hop was taking yeah, the jam, disco joint. Yeah, jam <laughs> on it. So, you know, I was just hanging out with one of my uh, one of my mom's friend's sons. He's like, I got some, you know. He's like, I got something I want you to listen to, and we ended up listening to this whole mixtape. You know, back when mixtape, right? right? And jam on it was. I was like, word. You know, I was <laughs> like, this is. I can't say it online, but I was like, yeah. You know, so that really got me into because it, again, we go back to this. It's a story. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's a story, and people are telling that story. Um. So, Kev, can you remember that first that first song? You were like, Yeah, this this is I'm I'm in this. I'm I've feeling always,
2: this. i, I pri- so this song is a little bit older than me first liking hip hop, but it was one of the first songs that really made me like fall in love with hip hop. Mm. Really, really like. I hip-hop. didn't want to ask that. Was, you know, was, when did
0: you fall in
3: love with hip hop? <laughs>
2: Rick, uh, Rick and B, shake for your hood. Oh, what? Man. Yeah, I'm a New Orleans boy. Yeah. Yeah. and then also the, the first line of it says. That St. Bernard is on the map. And it all right, right. I am from the St. Bernard. Like, you couldn't tell us nothing when that song came <laughs> out. Like, our hood was put on the map. Like, man, he put the Seven Ward on the map because my uncle's from Scatter Saints. Like, he's from a different little area. But Ricky is, like, he's from the hood. Right. With us, so it was a little different. And, like, for that to get, like, Some it pub. was on Q93. Like, it was on, like, the, like, radio station everyone So it was, like, that was when it first, like, it had to be, like, name
0: 394. Right. Oh, wow. Davey, 93. Davey D. Yeah. Man. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> right. Right. He, when Wild Wayne was yeah. there. The, the intern. Good yeah. Wild Wayne was the intern. Yeah. I was graduating from
0: college. I don't even yeah. know what you're talking when,
2: about. When, when it was on, like, Gravia Street or something mm-hmm. I remember a yeah. big brick building. You
1: had, it had an underground.
0: We're going to go to John <laughs> online, too. John, man, welcome to the Western Revolution Show. How you doing, brother?
1: Hey, how you guys doing, man? I'm, I'm a little old school, too,
0: man. Uh, I remember the Boogie Down era. Oh! Now, 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 now,
2: now, you know, that's way that's back. Way that's way like back. End of the 70s with that disco. You had that uh, that Latin sound and all that stuff that was Mantronics kind of... and
3: all Yeah, yeah, In the mid-70s, late-70s and all that stuff, when that, that sound was coming about. It was evolving.
0: That, oh, that yeah. Boogie Down era. Oh, and yeah, had, yeah. KRS-One, E.P., um, um, who's that, uh, Scott LaRock, Boogie down, Boogie down Production. No, 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 no that's for them cats, no, no,
3: Todd, that. He's talking to you about you Buffalo know. Girl. girl. Oh, go He's talking nah. about Mantronics, man-tronics, man-tronics. and the Buffalo yeah, Girl. Late seventies, early.
0: Late I was say
2: Mantronics. I got I'll even go back further than that. You ever heard of a cat called Pig Meat Markham? No. Look, my
0: my uh, producer, Jared Rachel, who's like track, 85, man, she I said the yes. <laughs> the judge. I'm, I'm going to have to check him out, man. Wow. Hey, brother, we All appreciate right. you calling, man. Thank you so much, oh, yeah. man. All right. So, look, let's think about this. You know, we we talked about these first songs that really got us into hip-hop. How did it then now, as you, it becomes a, a part of who you are, how did it influence you as a young man?
1: I think for me it was a bit different. Um, even to this day, as strange as it may sound, every song, every song, when I, I can't stress, every song, What, regardless of the genre, I listen to it, how it's going to be. Will this song make me dance? I got you. Right. Hands down. And so when I, when, when I think about my original song, I can't think about the first song. I can think about the first feeling. And I know it was something Run-D.M.C. Peter um, Piper, Big Peppers. Pe- and I mean, that, that's, still Humbley, that's still a staple. That's still right a staple right now. That song comes G-J on. You
2: put that beat
1: You know, That song it, comes on right it, now. People going to lose their mind. Man, let me let me tell you. Look, <laughs> look hold on, hold on. Uh, another story, man.
0: Look, another. We did Putting on the Hits when I was in high school. <laughs>
1: wow.
0: Yes, and we did Peter Piper. Right? And guess who's that good to do it, though? Man, wait a minute. I was a DJ. Was a tongue twister. Oh, you were safe. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, man.
0: You were, oh, yeah, were exactly. good. <laughs> you were good. Exactly. But <laughs> well, we killed it. We killed it.
2: Because the battle the battle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Too. Exactly. Yeah, you were in the oh. safe space in the back. Exactly. All I had to do was act oh, like I was doing
0: this. It was, it, you know, but you think about that. So the music made you dance. Kevin, what about you? How did it influence you as a man?
2: Um... It, it it was definitely a, a, a lot of hyper masculinity but Okay. Um it it hip hop in when I grew up when I first started growing up it was like a lot of storytelling. Like we were still in that era of the storytellers. Um and so it was always cool. Like a, a lot of the hip hop that I grew up listening to, I can I can listen to with my mom.
0: Right. Um not a whole lot of cursing.
2: Nah, nah, it wasn't a whole lot. Or or it was like either like super it was like super storytelling or it was like Partners in crime, so it was like dance music. Mm-hmm. So it was like either one of the two, and my mom w- was able to listen to, to, to both sides of it, except when I went through a New York phase and Wu Tang.
0: <laughs> everybody, like, everybody like, goes through a Wu Tang phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody. So,
2: like, yeah, so it was, that was kind of one <laughs> not of you, things, jazz, but it just, it made me. Yeah, I would, like I say it was, it was definitely a cool feeling because. Like, you, you heard these stories that they were telling and it made you feel like you were right there with them. Right. So, you, like, my imagination was struck off of hip-hop. Like, being it even Unpack right
0: that. Um, unpack that a little like, bit. I, so,
2: I'm a writer. So, right. I, like, I, I write a lot of comedic uh, skits and things like that with Tucson. I also write for some of my friends who are comedians. We do writing circles. So, when it comes down to the story side of it, like, they, they told these stories of these areas that they were in. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I, like I was saying off air um, before we started the show, it's like juvenile and 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 people like that, like the witty told stories. Like you could just you could close your eyes and listen to their music and imagine the story, where, the story where you were. That's what a I good never, lyricist I does. Been uptown, right. I, had, I, had, I don't think I'd ever mm-hmm. been uptown past like until I turned 15. But I could imagine, like I was upstate, like. Incarcerated, with, hearing like, this, hearing, it, and oh. I can imagine what uptown That's what that's like. what supposed to do. Because, uh, what, what parts of the magnolia look like when he was talking about six colin? So just like, like when they were telling these stories, yeah, I can imagine
0: it. What's the story about? I got bras in Atlanta. That's that's the only story. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, I can't get a story from that. Bro, I got bras in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, I can't I can't get a story from that. Before I'm we glad go, to, you, I'm glad you got that much out. of yeah, it Yeah, no, I can't get a story. Yeah, I, I, I got bras. Panda. But think about this. The one thing that you said is that it's influence on your masculinity. All right, You think about hip-hop as we grew up and what we saw, the images, not just the the story but the images, did Mm -hmm. it have an impact on how you portrayed yourself as a man, a young man at that time?
2: Yeah. I think that because it it influenced how I dressed, influenced how Mm -hmm. I talked, how I talked to anyone, especially to girls. Or you know like just like, like it, it influenced my swag, it influenced all of that like it, so it had to influence me as a person like you know there's there's no way it couldn't have
1: right 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 said so, man with me you know again going back to the masculinity side you know it's funny because it, it was almost opposite per se because as a dancer you always got talked about like who does he you know these guys dancing like the the masculinity right. side was was to not dance like. Like you can't. Oh dance. You know, You're not yeah. Not supposed to do that. Yeah. Like what are you, you doing? Don't
0: lean back. Lean. Yeah. <laughs> Catch the wall. Lean <laughs> back. That's, that's it. But yeah. You were dancing. I was well, dancing. We, we also know we grew up breaking, break dancing. Yeah. 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 So that was a, that was the artistic B-boy. form B-boy. Yeah. That, yeah, that came a, along with with rap. When we come back from the break, you know we can continue having this conversation about hip hop and its influence on masculinity. Give us a call 504-260-9265. What influence did hip hop have on how you portrayed yourself as a young man? And how does it portray, help you portray a man, yourself as a man today?
3: and jam over If you want the best, then put me to the test, and I'm sure you soon agree that I got no flaws. Cause I'm down by law when it comes to rock and sleep you see. Cause of when I was a little baby boy, my mama gave me a brand new toy. Two turntables with a mic, and I learned to rock like a dollar mic. Dying went by on this god creation. and. Day I would rock the nation, so I made up my mind just what to do. And I jump with the Jam on production crew. So go crazy, go crazy. Don't let your body be lazy. I said don't stop, the body rock till your eyesight starts to get hazy. To the sure shot beats, to the bone comes the chili beats on the microphone. Till so your mind is floating like you're in a dream, and you feel so good that you gotta scream. A jam on it, a Jam on it and on. You know Experience it all at the 2017 Essence Festival presented by Coca-Cola June 29th through July 2nd in New Orleans. Party at the nightly concert series featuring Diana Ross, Mary J. Blige, Chance the Rapper, Master P, and more. Be inspired at our free Essence Empowerment Experience with Iala Van Zandt, Ava DuVernay, and Dr. Sissy Houston. Check out the largest beauty and style expo sponsored by My Black is Beautiful. Buy tickets for the 2017 Essence Festival presented by Coca-Cola. Sponsored by AT&T, Ford, McDonald's, State Farm, and Walmart. Download our app and register for free events
1: at essencefestival.com. New Orleans, you are invited to see Before the West Coast, a sports civil rights story at the historic Harvard Theater, July 6th at 7 p.m. This film is narrated by actor and New Orleans native Wendell Pierce, and it celebrates the 50th anniversary of the federal court decision that broke racial barriers in Louisiana high school sports. At the forefront of this federal court decision was St. Augustine High School versus the Louisiana High School Athletic Association, the Honorable Judge Kern-Reese will introduce the film in a Q&A session with writer, director, and producer, Oya Craddock following the film viewing. It's July 6th at 7 p.m. at the historic Carver Theater. For ticket information, visit carvertheater.org or the Carver Theater box office, or you can log on to beforethewestcoast.com.
4: Looking for that perfect gift for a birthday, an anniversary, or how about just to brighten someone's day? Mona's Accents is your one-stop shop for beautiful floral arrangements that are indeed perfect for any special occasion. Dedicated to quality, freshness, and customer satisfaction, Mona's Accents will surely take care of all of your floral needs. So stop by the shop located at 2109 North Claiborne Avenue or call us at 504-944-7001 and let us arrange and deliver your floral gifts. Again, that's 504 Four nine four four seven zero zero one, or you can order online at www.monasaccents.com Mona's Accents Freshness, quality and customer satisfaction guaranteed WBOK
3: 1230 AM The People's Station yeah, just, um... <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he. This court is now in session His honor, Judge Mark and Poseidon He's the coat of swing. It's just about ready to do that thing. I don't want no tears. I don't want no lies. But all, I don't want no alibis. This judge is hip, and that ain't all. He'll give you time if you're big or small. Fall in line of this coat is neat. Peace, brother. here come the judge. Here come the judge. Everybody know that he is the judge.
0: Thank you, Jazz. Thank you, Jazz, for that history lesson, big brother. I appreciate you, man.
3: All the way from
0: 1968. 68? Good gracious. Got a history lesson. Appreciate my brother John calling in and give us, give us the background. Appreciate that. Coming back, this is the What's Your Revolution show. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Corpru, sitting here with Cedric Scott, CEO of No Pass, New Orleans Performing Arts Society, and Kev Two-Cent Griffin with Twocent two cent entertainment sure. brothers we just had this conversation um, about hip-hop's old school influence on you all's masculinity but let's take it forward for just a second during our time we've seen hip-hop's view and perspective on sexual orientation and sexuality what was that like growing up seeing hip-hop's misogynistic and homophobic views you know, that that were coming out of the music. How did you all think through that? Or how did you feel about that or and be honest about it?
2: Um, I grew up in the bling area, so in the era so that also means I grew up in the twerk era. Um, <laughs> the real twerk. The real, the twerk, real twerk era. era. Yeah. Not the Miley. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was. I thought you had to have a butt
3: and on oh. twerk. And that was ridiculous.
2: Anywho, um, so it was it was an everyday part of life. Like twerking didn't necessarily mean like all or like being over sexualized a lot of times it was like it was that free free nature type spirit like you know they didn't didn't judge too many people on it at the time some of them were um judged on but it was it was it was a it was an interesting time um but then also yeah I, i was about to talk about something else but then yeah that (laughs) <laughs> it wouldn't have worked.
0: No, because
2: yeah, uh-uh. you use the word homophobic, right? And it was, it's it's, it's kind of interesting when people use that word because sometimes they use it when people don't necessarily agree with the homosexual like nature of of something or a homosexual lifestyle or. or have it like that, but when you use that word phobia,
0: right, like right, it's true. That's a pathology. That's a good. That's a good call right there. Right. It.
2: Mm-hmm. The, I, I mean, I understand it so that way I, I shun myself from it or what have you. So do you
0: think? Uh, do you think that hip hop has has had a misunderstanding? You know, because you're right. I, I I do totally agree when you say phobic. That means that I have a pathological. Yeah.
2: From a doctor? Yeah, yeah.
0: I have a pathological fear of someone who has a different yeah. sexual orientation than me. You know,
2: and, and, and and like, and if you talk to any, if you talk to any real man, um, that under that, like you know, that doesn't what someone else does behind their their door whenever they do it, um, doesn't really bother me, mm-hmm. long as you don't come my way with it. You know, we we've had those conversations uh, talking about, you know. Uh, a lot of uh, some of the women that I talk to will talk about like homophobia, quote unquote, in hip hop. Um, and yes, it, it, a lot of times it is a misunderstanding, mm-hmm. um, or or kind of uh, you know the, the ignorance uh, of the situation. Mm-hmm. I think that it's more of that. But then also, um, the audience depicts what's what's cool and what's not. And if my audience says they don't want me to. Be associated with or, or be be a gay person. A lot of times, I have to go with that because those are the people that
0: are paying the, pay the money, bills. right? You That's know? that is an interesting thing. And so, uh, what you're saying is there may be a push pull.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, there may be an ignorance, but I also have to follow. Where my people are taking me. But it.
2: also, I also have to follow what I believe in. Too. Th- that's so what like, say, if if I was gonna say. Where's the where's the revolution not, in that as well? Thing, if I believe, if I if, if I if I do not want to be gay, if I do not want to associate myself with that lifestyle, I people understand. Like I, I've had that, I've had this conversation with some of my friends who are homosexual, and they'll be like, "Well, Kevin, you know, you understand us, and 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 you don't judge me." It's like, no, I don't, because I live by a different creed. But then also. If my if a, a friend of mine does not want to be associated with you because of your your sexuality, that's his right as well. Just like you have the right mm-hmm. to be um, a homosexual and, and date men if you're a man, and date women if you're a woman, or date both. Had, that's but fine. I guess what
0: I want to get to the point and said you can chime in is has hip hop proliferated that fear of various sexual orientations?
2: Uh, I don't think so.
1: Same. I I think what what's happened is, you know, as you ask the question about the misunderstanding of hip hop, I think there's a, a deeper question of the misunderstanding of self. And so when people tend to not really know who they are, they tend to back away from certain things. It's it's like changing changing the oil in a car. It's like, oh man, I'm not changing my own oil. Right. Because I might burn my engine up, mm-hmm. but somebody, a mechanic, is like, "Man, all you gotta do is untwist this thing, put this plug." You know, and so when you're growing up, your peers or your surroundings, they're telling you that you have to be this tough person. And those people, that's you know, that a man that likes a man is not a tough person. Mm. A, a woman that likes another woman is like a man. So you know, and so they they start putting these stereotypes on you, and yet they don't understand that they should be really understanding you as opposed to shying away from
0: you. Right. And we saw, we saw the conversation shift with Frank Ocean coming on the scene. Mm-hmm. We, we saw this conversation shift, and, and Frank has been open about his sexual orientation. Um, and in the hip-hop joint, the, the conversation began, I, I don't want to say maybe you help me out, began to move because now you have this superstar who's a part of this conversation, who's open about his sexual orientation. So it's it's just very interesting to see because, to me, hip-hop has been this very hyper-masculine, you know, posturing. This is who we are, guns, women, cars, you know, money, Mm -hmm. right? In in the most hyper-masculine form and shying
1: away from anything that says, you know, that is feminine. You know, funny, if you look at hip-hop now, People are starting to be a little bit more honest. They may not vocalize it, but you see it. You know, in particular, you think about the days of what hip-hop looked like. It was baggy. It was clothes that was just, like, all over the place. Now it's It's tailored. It's, it's form-fitting. <laughs> but it's that's like, where
2: hip-hop started, you know, technically.
1: You know, that's well, right. Technically and so well, right. right. And right. With, with, so it's going to with Dapper Dan. Dapper Dan, yeah. Dapper Dan, yeah. Dan like, did his thing, but then people were like— you know, people be, shun Dapper Dan, before, too, but that's the that, problem. But
2: even before Dapper Dan, like, so you got to understand that, like, so hip-hop came out of out of jazz and, and rock and roll, kind of that that <coughs> uh, that, uh, that era. So when you, when you talk about how those guys were dressing in that era, it was, and, and soul music, too, it came out of that as well. So when you think about before hip-hop came, man, it was like tight pants and suits and tailored, Suited like... Up. It it, it was it was like really like tight stuff like leather and things like that, and we're going back to right. that Can rock you, style. You remember Grandmaster like, Flash? I was just about to say,
0: Man, the Furious Five was like exactly, exactly yeah. yeah. in, in New
2: you, York. Yeah,
0: you it's, remember LL back in the back, back in yeah. the day? And, yeah, and and and, and oil. handle
2: a shirt on, oily.
0: Right, mm-hmm. right. And so, no one. but it was still right. It, it, exactly. And I, I wrote a piece, um, and this is not in the hip hop, but I wrote a piece about Prince's masculinity. Mm-hmm. You know, and how it how it was very fluid, but we loved him. He could walk out in go-go boots, yep. right?
3: Yeah. I
2: think go. I think Prince was kind of like a the, the, uh, 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 subhuman, like you. You didn't. You didn't care what his sexuality was. He was Prince. It was, like was yeah. like you're either you the straight, bi, gay, or Prince. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <It's> like, straight, <laughs> bi, gay, gay or, or prince. prince. All of the above.
2: And no one. Did, I don't even think. But see, I don't think it was all of the above. Right. I think the situation was like no one really cared. It was like because he was Prince, so whatever he did, he was just a league of his own. He was, yeah. was him exactly. No one cared. <clears throat> no one was really tripping. It was Prince.
0: Right, right. It was Prince. So, we've seen all this. We've talked about this. Did you all ever want to be a hip hop star? I know you said you want to be dan- You want to be a dancer, but did you ever want to be a hip
1: hop star? Yeah. Well, fortunately for me, as a you know, aside from backing up, uh, you know, Raymond Miles, I had my own group too. And in that process, I was you know R and B, and so it was the close thing to it. And this is kind of when R and B was a little bit more cool. But right next door was hip hop, and it just continued to grow, continued to grow. Right. And if you think about today's time, there's 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 no ba- there's there's no separation. Like Usher thinks he's a hip hop dude, mm. yeah. you know. Chris Brown thinks he's a rapper. Right. You're a singer, dude. You know, you're <laughs> the, a dancer, right? But and so there's no separation right now, and so the worlds have just become one.
0: Wow. wow. Well, the reason why I ask because I know you all have seen, hopefully you have seen. Tupac's biopic. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen I don't it don't yet. Now see it. Rachel, see Rachel's gonna get on me. Right, okay. <laughs> see, right, right. Rachel, <laughs> Ra- Rachel's about to come in here. Oh my God! Lock the door. Uh, Lock <laughs> the door.
2: I don't think I want to see it.
0: Though. Well, li- well li- before Rachel talks, you saw Straight Outta Compton. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so Straight Outta Compton was like the movie. I heard the Tupac biopic wasn't as, as good, but it, it 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 brings up some issues of masculinity and hip hop. But what you got to see really out of Straight the Compton was, was some vulnerability in hip-hop early on, but the portrayal of the mask as well that had to come out. And that's why I asked, did you ever want to be a hip-hop star? Because that means you had to eventually put on a mask. Rachel, what, what do you want to say, Rachel? What do you can want have, to say? Can I have the mic? You can have the mic. Thank you.
4: So both all three of you, shame on you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there are oftentimes, sometimes you have to fall on the sword and see movies that you have heard are awful just to see them. Um, I know there have been inaccuracies that have been talked about in the Tupac movie, but there are still some truisms in that movie that are very important, Um, especially when you talk around the concept of masculinity with a hip-hop artist. Uh, Tupac was a classically trained ballet dancer. Um, He took he took uh, he was he went to uh, one of the foremost art schools in the country in baltimore and as a part of that he took the whole gambit of instruction in arts um challenging masculinity he was very well versed and recited according to the movie and others can tell me if this is true or not he recited shakespeare like he dropped a lyric um goes against the images of masculinity in hip hop um what i will say is that um, there have often, you know, have been rumors, theories, you know, assertions around which way Tupac kind of hung. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there, there, there have been, you know, assertions on that because, um, outside of the bravado and the anger that was a child of the street that Tupac was, um, there was also a very soft and vulnerable side to him as well. But that,
0: that doesn't ever. We don't see that, like. We just got to see that.
4: He also grew
2: up with a very strong woman.
0: Right, right. His Uh, mother. So,
2: okay. Yeah, So it kind of. All right. But still, like, and then also he had Jada, who has always been, you know, this type of woman. Like, so I'm, in some ways, I'm like Pac. I grew up around a lot of women, and I know how I hang. (laughs) You know what? I know how I hang.
0: You know how and you G-U, ain't. I,
2: oh. so I know how I hang. Oh, okay. Sorry, that's in New Orleans. I got no you, like, bro. I've only been here twelve minutes. I know. Years. And I'm not even- <laughs> <laughs> I know it. You know what I'm saying? There's there's no question about it. All right. So I, I don't think that was a situation where just because he he spoke a certain way or he he would do certain things that that would why people would even think to even go there. And but
0: the, the thing is that in hip hop you got to put on a mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and we saw that mask, but what we're being able to see, though, through these movies is also where they started. <laughs> you remember the opening scene of Straight of Compton, right? They're on the school bus. No. Oh, all right. Jazz, you saw it, right? Yeah. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. You're listening to WBOK, 1230 AM. This is the What's Your Revolution show. We're having a great conversation about masculinity and hip-hop and the, just, just the state of it all, all together. Um, I'm here with my producer, Rachel Graham. Said Scott, no pass, and yes, Kev sir. two cent, yes, uh, two cent entertainment. So let's move this because we only got about eleven minutes left. Um, what's the current state of hip hop right now?
2: Um, it's a uh, because people always like it's in limbo, it's in dire need of help and da da I I think every every genre of of music needs help. I I personally believe every genre of music needs a, a boost here and there on on some levels. But if once you deal with the young men who are in hip-hop on a more personal level, then you'll get a different form of hip-hop.
0: What do you mean? What like, do you mean by that?
2: So many, people are, so many people are scared of this generation. And I bring this back. I had this conversation about two years ago. We were talking about hip-hop, talking about rap and things like that. And in New Orleans, you know, uh, especially in, in, in our group of friends, Education comes up a lot. And I brought up the same comment that I told somebody a few years ago about a TFA, uh, a TFA teacher. I say, you can't teach me if you're afraid of me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. You can't help me if you're afraid right. of me. Right, right. Like, there's no shit. If you're a veterinarian and a tiger has something stuck in its paw and you're afraid of this tiger, that thing will be stuck in that tiger's paw forever." or Until someone else comes along, right. Who's not scared of them? Oh,
0: the tiger figures so, out how to get it out. So, so, when
2: you try to change, when you're trying to change or trying to help change a culture that's, that's based on vibrato and, and, and hyper masculinity and, and things like that, and you're scared of them, you're afraid of them, you're fearful of them, nothing, nothing will happen,
0: right. right? You
2: won't even approach them.
0: Sick. Is the current state of hip-hop Migos? Is it Love and Hip-Hop LA, Atlanta, as we said, wherever wherever else they decide to go? Or is it Chance the Rapper or Logic? What's the current state? Where is it?
1: It's everything. You know, when you think about hip-hop, culturally, I think it's stronger than ever. Simply because when you think about artists outside of the genre, when you go into it from a musical perspective you bring in a Taylor Swift. Without Kendrick Lamar and the track from Bad Blood, that song's not a hit. Mm.
0: Imagine Dragons.
1: Imagine Dragons. And so when you think about the influence of everything, not just from music, but from fashion, from automobiles, from you name whatever industry you choose to bring up, hip-hop is the basis of it.
4: The thing I'd like to offer also is that um it i agree it is all and everything but when you look at the staying power of the artists that you and i dating myself even though you know you're much older than i am it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a, this is a personal comment. Uh, <laughs> but when you look at the staying power of the artists that were legendary uh you know LL Cool J is 50 years old Chris Rock is 50 years old and i just saw the news today on facebook Public Enemy is going to drop another album what? next week and it 'll be free and like isn 't Chuck D almost sixty years old um, there another example there was a block party in Houston Shameless Plug for the Breakfast Club they have a bre- uh, a block party series that they do, and they bring back all these old legends and i saw the pre- the promo piece and i'm like who in the hell is this old dude with these gray eyebrows it was dj red alert who is easily 70 years old
0: that's my line name just just so you know
4: oh I really <laughs> know. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> shout out to the brothers of <laughs> Five <Sci-Fi> 528 <fraternity>, Incorporated. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah so what we're saying the state of so is the state of hip hop in a good place i mean does it does, do we need the next evolution particularly when it comes to how it portrays itself to young men of color
1: and how it portrays itself to white men as well. Well, you know, again, I, I would still say, like I, I oftentimes hear a guy talk about how young or how new the internet to regular people, not the the geeky people, but the regular people. <laughs> right. Like the internet is fairly new. Hip hop is the same. I mean, just a week ago, a week and a half ago, hip hop got inducted into the hall of fame for writing like jay is that's hip-hop right and this guy dropped in 96 yeah no and so you know it was
2: it it was it was 20 years prior to him yeah yeah.
1: so it's it's fairly fresh i think i think to your point rachel the the staying power is where the challenge is for the individuals inside of hip-hop but as a collective it's here
2: it's, it will always be it's it, here. it, will, it will, it's a it's a huge money making machine so
1: it,
0: it it is I guess the point I'm trying to say is is we we talked about this earlier there's no story anymore
1: there's still the bravado there's still the you know I think the story but, is evolution um you know there's no, no Migos, if they if they decided to one day get the courage to be foolish enough to say I would beat Jay in rapping that would be dumb but there's a group of Generation Z, Millennials that listen to these guys. Like man, these guys are all Right. Right, I, right. And so, they're, <laughs> and so, and so, those are the that's the generation of people that's not looking at TV, that's not worrying about what a CD was when Jay dropped. They like, okay, press the button. I got this entire album right now. I don't have to pay for it. I have a subscription. Life is just is just evolved into a different way of being. Right. I, I'm going to
0: push it a little harder. Particularly, Let's think about this. I'm in a club, right? It's a mixed club, all right? I got people of all races, all hues, whatever, right? And everybody's saying the N-word. Mm-hmm. So the, the, and you're feeling okay. I'm, I'm, yo, N, 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 you know what I'm saying? How does that impact the development of our young men and particularly the development of white men? Who feel like now I'm listening to hip hop and I see my man. Jack. I'm listening to hip hop, and now it's okay for me to say the n word because they saying it in our songs. So Jack,
2: so it's, I think it's a
0: gift and a curse.
2: It is definitely a gift and a curse. But I also think most most white people have have they they know not to even play that game. I, I don't I think know. They, I think
1: they do. They they well, I, I shouldn't say. I think they do. I many, say most. How, I, how say to play. I don't even think it's a uh, uh, uh play that game. You know, I think when I go and I see. You know the schools, and I talk about these topics like bullying, and I talk about these things like diversity. These kids don't see a separation. Like they, they don't. They see themselves as hip hop. They see themselves as one. They're co- they're a collective group of people that just happen to like the same stuff. I see more I see more white kids dabbing than I see black.
3: Well, so, you also have you, more
2: white kids that purchase hip hop. Yeah, right. so yeah, it's, exactly. it's, it's a collective they consume yeah. it than we do. Jazz. So
3: so. Uh, my my opinion is that everybody here today has a valid point, right? But one thing that I think we that well my my view on it is the state of hip hop is distrust right now. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like it's like um the the essence of what hip hop was has been forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know all the way back to when it was just, you know, when it was Mantronics, when it was fun. Then it was a meaning, you know what I'm saying? All of that has been lost. And aside from that, the biggest problem today, and it's not just the hip-hop community, it's the community in general. Mm -hmm. It's so fast around here. Everything happens so so instantly. See, the, the artists of today don't realize the work and effort that had to be put into creating a a work of art, you know, creating the whole thing. Nowadays, they think that it just happens overnight. You know, you make a song, you put it on the internet, and you blow up. Right.
1: Back in the day, day when I was coming up, I got a deal. We actually, after, you know, being on Showtime at the Apollo, we got a deal with Atlantic Records. We had an A&R guy.
3: Like, no. Where's the AR <laughs> There guys?
1: is no A&R, 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 A&R guys A&R's, became A&R's marketing development. guys. Yeah.
3: Where's all yeah. this development? You see what I'm saying? All of yeah. that is gone. They're now. gone. Yeah.
4: So, the one thing I'll throw in 15 seconds is that I don't think this is the generation you should be worried about. I think the generation after our generation dies off is what you should be worried about. Because you still have, like I said, Public Enemy is putting out stuff. Um, uh, all of our generation is still producing content. What should be of concern is once our generation is gone. And what is left over, that's when I'm gonna be concerned. So talk to me now, I think we're good. In about 15 years, I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> Brothers, we wanna thank you for coming on the What's Your Revolution show today. Kev, man, Kev, appreciate you so much, you much, much you man. man. Said, said. <laughs> appreciate the knowledge. We didn't get to this last question. I want you all to think about this, audience. What opportunity does hip hop culture have to promote the men finding the healthiest versions of themselves? Hit me up on Twitter at wyrevolution. Or on Facebook at uh, Charles Corporal or WY Revolution LLC. As usual, I ask you to answer the most provocative question of the week, but I can't ask you that first. Next week, we will have a show about black men in the media. And as you're pondering what's gonna happen on that show, I want you to answer the most provocative question of your life What's the revolution? Have a great week.
3: As I look out my window, I see the little ones Playing amongst each other with the
2: water guns In pure poverty Generations of good people in cycles of poverty It bothers me, so I ask myself, I say